scout troops uh, who are here with us today. We have, uh, uh, it's our Scout Sunday that typically takes place in February, but for a few reasons we postponed it to today, so we're very glad for that partnership and uh, for that opportunity to, uh, to have you among us today. And in a little while, we'll, we'll hear an update from, from Holly from Troop 34. So thank you so much for, for being here with us today. And you'll see some, uh, some of our scouts helping out in the service. So thank you for, for helping us out today. A note for anyone uh, coming to the church tomorrow. Uh, there's going to be some work being done on the lot out here. Uh, uh, sealing and striping. And so for Monday and Tuesday, we ask you to park in the uh, First Street lot or on the street. So please uh, take note of that. Um, also, I, I mentioned this last week, but uh, uh, we got an update from Carolyn Schneider, which is also in the back, and I invite you to take a look at her newsletter. And uh, for anyone who ordered an Easter lily who would like to take it home, the Easter lilies are back in this room over here. You can grab one and take it home with you at this time. And then uh, lastly, just an, an update to our prayers. Um, we've been praying for Gary Turk, and Gary passed away early yesterday. Um, Gary, a longtime friend and servant, uh, steward of Trinity. Um, he's actually supposed to be our assisting minister today, so uh, thank you to Mark Peterson, for, uh, Mark Schwartz, for uh, uh, filling in uh, today as our assisting minister. So uh, please be praying for Janet and Daniel, and for all who knew and loved Gary. Um, they're actually meeting with Gunderson this morning, so I expect by the end of the day we'll know when that service is, probably Thursday or Friday, but um, we'll, uh, we'll be sure to announce that and let people know when that service will be. But please be praying for the family of Gary Turk. Are there any other announcements we should make today? Now we'll begin our service with our prelude music.
please stand as you are able and face the baptismal font. Alleluia, Christ is risen. In the waters of baptism, we have passed over from death to life with Jesus Christ, and we are a new creation. For this saving mystery and for this water, let us bless God, who was, who is, and who is to come. We thank you, God, for your river of life, flowing freely from your throne, through the earth, through the city, through every living thing. You rescued Noah and his family from the flood. You opened wide the sea for the Israelites. Now in these waters you flood us with mercy, and our sin is drowned forever. You open the gate of righteousness, and we pass safely through. In Jesus Christ you calm and trouble the waters. You nourish us and enclose us in safety. You call us forth and send us out. In lush and barren places you are with us. You have become our salvation. Now breathe upon this water and awaken your church once more. Claim us again as your beloved and holy people. Quench our thirst, cleanse our hearts, wipe away every tear. To you our beginning and our end, our shepherd and lamb, be honor, glory, praise, and thanksgiving now and forever. Amen. Amen.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This is the feast of Let us pray. Who are you, Lord? Are you a God who loves the persecuted and heals our wounds? Are you a God who loves the persecutor and sets right paths we trod? Are you a God who forgives those who have broken so much and so many? Are you a God who stitches us back together? Who are you, Lord? Are you a God who calls us to vulnerable encounters? Are you a God who calls us to wait for a stranger to help us? Are you a God who points us to an enemy and says, heal them? Who are you, Lord? Are you a God who suffers with us? Are you a God who suffers? Who are you, Lord? Are you a God who lives? Are you a God who dies on a rugged cross? Who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? Lord? 
Amen. Please be seated. And at this time, I invite Holly to come forward, our scout leaders come forward, and uh, share an update from the troops. Good morning, everybody. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? A little bit better. <laughs> I could probably speak loudly enough, but <laughs> okay. Are we good? Okay. Uh, so, good morning, Trinity. <laughs> Happy May 1st. Um, I just uh, want to thank you for the opportunity to speak to you on Scout Sunday. As Pastor Andy noted, this usually happens in February. But we were really excited to have the opportunity to wait a little bit longer, not only so we could be in person, but also so I could introduce to you our new adult leader. Um, I'll give you a little bit more information about that. First, let me just say my name is Holly O'Higgins, and I'm the committee chair for Troop 34. And we're really, like I said, glad to be here today. Um, we are able to, we're glad to be able to thank our, you as our charter organization, and then we also have a few updates for you this year. In March, we welcomed new scouts who crossed over from PAC 34, which was chartered at Christ Presbyterian, and they have now transferred over to Trinity, and they've started their camping adventures last weekend, our new scouts have, and by all accounts, they enjoyed themselves, so that bodes well for the future, and we're looking forward to many more opportunities and adventures. Uh, they brought with them an adult leader, and uh, we are really, he's a fantastic asset. Uh, some of you, I've noted, have, you know, recognized Mr. Kempen here as Senior Kempen, and previously in his uh, role as a Spanish teacher at East High School, but I wanted to introduce to you Jason Kempen, who is our, one of our new assistant scoutmasters. Welcome, Jason. Thank you. Yay. So, <laughs> thank you, everybody. So Jason and our scouts and adult leaders are always uh, open to welcoming new scouts and their parents. I just want to remind you that any youth ages uh, 11 to 17 are welcome to join us and uh, be part of the troop because joining scouts is about giving back and being part of something bigger and also learning to appreciate the gifts of nature. So. Uh, Trinity, uh, our opportunity to say thank you to you is because you provide an essential service to the troop, a place to meet, a place to store our gear and supplies, very practical, and a place to hold important ceremonies and make memories. But in addition to that, you provide a home for us in non-tangible ways by supporting our Scouting for Food efforts, by uh, participating in our fundraisers, and supporting our troop value of being inclusive and welcoming. This happens because you are inclusive and welcoming. Uh, your support as our charter organization gives us a home base from which we can exercise our foundations of scouting, such as community service and outing, because quite literally three-quarters of scouting is outing. We also go camping monthly. We attend summer camp near Mostyn and go on a week-long high adventure every year. We do this because you are here to support our efforts, so thank you. This year we're headed to a backpacking trip in, on the Continental Divide Backpacking Trail, I think we're all looking forward to that one. 
But importantly, like I said, none of this would happen without you. So I just wanted to say thank you for the opportunity to be here and for our scouts to participate in your service today. And welcome, Jason. Thank you. Thank you. The first reading is from Acts chapter 9. Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, who, who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice, but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now, <clears throat> there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said, Get up and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment, he's praying, and he is, has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to our saints in Jerusalem, and here he has the authority from the chief priest to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument whom I've chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on your way here, has sent me so that you may be, regain your sight 
and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, something, something like scales fell from his eyes, and his sight was restored. Then Saul got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days, he was with the disciples in Damascus, and immediately he, broke, he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. Word of God, word of life.
The second reading is from Revelations, chapter 5. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels surrounding the throne, and the living creatures and the elders. They numbered myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands singing with full voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that it is in them singing to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. The word of God. Word of mine. The Holy Gospel according to John, the 21st chapter. After he appeared to his followers in Jerusalem, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in, because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. (laughs) But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net 
full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net to sh- ashore full of large fish, a hundred fifty-three of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go where you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you, friends, in the name of Jesus, the living one. Amen. The death of another dear one uh, just goes to show how the resurrection comes to us in the middle of things. Often in the middle of our grief, often in the middle of our wondering, our confusion, sometimes in the middle of our shame. Our season of Easter stretches for 50 days, seven Sundays a week of weeks. In part, I think we do this because it's a lot to take in at once, to come to terms with in the middle of things. It takes time, perhaps more than a lifetime, to think through all 
the implications, to wade through all the mysteries, to watch the ripple effects of what God has done in our lives and in our world. This was certainly true in the circle of followers and friends who knew Jesus the best. It wasn't as if they saw the empty tomb or they saw Jesus the first and the second and the third time, said Christ has risen indeed and that it had it all figured out. It may seem odd to us, but the first experiences of Easter were not joyous necessarily. That came later, but at the start, those first witnesses instead felt fear and grief, confusion and doubt, and as we'll see in today's story, feelings of regret, guilt, and shame. A couple of weeks ago, I invited you to sympathize, empathize with the grief of the women at the tomb. Last week, we put ourselves in the shoes of Thomas, wondering, questioning, doubting. And today, we place ourselves alongside the person of Peter, the one who denied Christ, the one whom Jesus speaks with today and calls back into the fold. The resurrection comes in the middle of things doesn't it? Have you ever made a mistake that comes back to you, that follows you around? I'm sure we can all think of something at some point in our life, maybe a harsh word we said to a loved one which we wish we could take back, perhaps a lie that we tried to conceal from a friend, maybe a relationship that fell apart or a time that we didn't have the right resources or skills to help at the moment time where we should have showed up but we couldn't, maybe a time we just blew it or fumbled the football, so to say. Those moments have a way of haunting us, right? They come back to us. The preacher James Harnish tells the story of the baseball player Fred Snodgrass. Some of you might know that name. Uh, Snodgrass was playing center field for the New York Giants in the 1912 World Series against the Red Sox. The teams were tied in the 10th inning when a fly ball came to him, fell into his mitt, but instead of winning the game, he dropped it. His opponents won the series, and the error stuck with Snodgrass for the rest of his life. When he died 62 years later in his 70s, years after dropping that fly ball, the title of the New York Times obituary read, Fred Snodgrass, 86, dead, ball player muffed, 1912 fly. I imagine Fred Snodgrass wished many times he could have gone back to that moment and had a do-over. Nine times out of ten, he makes that play, but it followed him around for 62 years. Harness says that's kind of the way we in the church, the Christian community, have remembered Peter. His obituary might have said, Simon Peter, fisherman, denied his Lord in 33 AD, Harnish says. There's one thing that those early Christians remembered about Peter, it was that he muffed it. All four Gospels record the story of Peter denying Jesus. It was the biggest failure of his life. Today's resurrection story on the lakeshore comes in the middle of our lives, and it comes in the middle of Peter's life, too, mirroring the story of his biggest failure in many ways. The setting by the lakeshore, 
recalls Peter's calling as a disciple. Another thing that most of us know about Peter is that he was a fisherman. In the Synoptic Gospels, Jesus finds Peter fishing and calls him to fish for people. At that moment, Peter said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. But Jesus said, From now on, you will be catching people. And so when he says, Let's go fishing in today's story, I think we're meant to think of that moment, his first call to discipleship. Before he blew it, before he denied Jesus, we're meant to think about his identity as one of his closest followers. From that moment on, in that first call, Peter, in so many ways, became the leader of the disciples, the rock on which Jesus would build his movement. But Peter messed up in that moment of trial. He could not stand the test. At the Last Supper, he said, Why can I not follow you now, Jesus? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus said, Will you lay down your life for me, Peter? Very truly, I tell you, before the cock crows, you will have denied me three times. And later on, when Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter and the disciple whom Jesus loved followed him to the courtyard of the high priest, And out in the courtyard, Peter warmed himself around a charcoal fire. You are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? A woman asked him. And in one of the most heartbreaking lines of the Gospels, Peter said, I am not. Relationship is, in many ways, what John means by salvation in his Gospel. And in this moment, Peter not only abandons his friend, not only denies his relationship, but denies his calling and identity in Jesus. He denies that relationship that Christ gave him. I am not his disciple. I am not his friend. I never knew him. Two more times we know Peter denied him while warming himself by that charcoal fire. I imagine that it's this moment that haunts Peter when he first hears that Jesus is alive. When he first saw the empty tomb when Jesus appeared to them behind locked doors. He knows Jesus is back, but he's not quite sure what it means for him, the one who denied him. You see, for Peter and his generation, the idea of the resurrection primarily came from the book of Daniel. And in the book of Daniel, the resurrection had a sense of judgment to it that when the resurrection of the dead happened, God was going to set things right, that the suffering would find justice, and that those who had done uh, the violence and the oppression, it was time for them to get what was coming to them, too. If we only had Daniel as our understanding of the resurrection, we might picture something like Terminator 2, Judgment Day. So for Peter and everyone else who messed up, they had to wonder, what does it mean that there is a resurrection, that Jesus is alive. Has the day of judgment come for me? And if so, Peter and so many others are in trouble. Jason Mitchelly writes, the shock of Easter isn't just the empty grave. It's that that God comes back from death and doesn't condemn the unrighteous ones who put put him there. When you think about it, the resurrection of Jesus could have gone very differently. Jesus could have come back from the dead, uh, pulled together an army, and said, let's go after Pilate. 
Or he could have sent his followers after the religious leaders and called, who had called for his death. He could have tracked down the soldiers who mocked him and beat him. He could have shamed the crowds who shouted Hosanna on Sunday and crucify him on Friday. On Friday. Jesus could have gone back to his followers and said, you know what, I think I need to find some new followers. You all left. Where were you? How could you have left me after everything I did for you? And perhaps most of all, Jesus could have turned to Peter and said, some rock you are, I need to find a new leader for my church because you blew it. We take it for granted that the resurrection happened the way that it did. But I think for Peter and the other disciples, they were picturing Daniel, that this was a time when things were going to, uh, judgment was going to happen. The shock was not just the empty grave, but that God came back from death and didn't go after the unrighteous ones who had put him there. Jesus returns in much the, way, much the same way that he lived, with grace and truth. He rises and makes breakfast for his disciples, sharing a meal fellowship that he had shared with them before. The same ones who had failed him, he meets them and shares a meal with them. And just like in the story of his denial, Peter is gathered around a charcoal fire. And just like in the story of his denial, he is asked a question three times about his relationship with Jesus. Simon, do you love me? Jesus asks. Yes, I love you, Peter replies. It says that Peter was hurt that third time that Jesus asked him. But this is Jesus calling Simon back into the fold, saying, I'm going to recall you as a disciple. The shock of Easter isn't just the empty tomb, it's also that we have a God of second chances, of third and fourth and beyond chances. The shock of Easter is that when we deny Jesus, that doesn't mean that Jesus is going to deny us or give up on us. When we are haunted by something from our past, the shock of Easter is that Jesus says, you have a future, you have a purpose beyond all that. If Jesus can forgive Peter, Jesus can forgive you. Even if you muffed it, Jesus has a future for you. If you hear Jesus calling Peter, let that voice speak to you as well today. Dear one, do you love me? The grace and truth and love of the living Lord is for you, my dear siblings, because the resurrection happens in the middle of what we are going through, in the middle of our lives, in the middle of our grief, our doubts, our confusion, our shame. Jesus comes and says, follow me. Amen.
confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who is spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Set free from captivity to sin and death, we pray to the God of resurrection for the church, people in need, and all of creation. Holy One of new beginnings, fill us with new life. Send us into the world as you sent your apostles, Philip and James, to invite people to come and see your wondrous acts in Christ. God, in your mercy. Revive ecosystems along coastlands that have been destroyed by natural forces and human negligence. Reestablish plant and animal life that purifies air and water and that feeds humans and other living creatures. We pray especially for the protection of people and all creatures in the path of wildfires in New Mexico, Arizona, and Nebraska. God, in your mercy. Accompany laborers who get little rest from their work. Give them hope when they struggle to produce what they need. Give all who labor fair treatment and just wages. God, in your mercy. Restore all people who cry to you for help, especially Mary, Jackie, Randy, Leticia, Denia, Rick, Lynn, Kristen, and those we name now aloud or silently. Turn their mourning into dancing, clothe them with joy, and put a testimony of healing and praise on their lips. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for peace in our world and for Ukrainian refugees displaced internally and internationally, and for all refugees of armed conflict throughout the world. God, in your mercy, hear Hear our our prayer. prayer. Join our voices with angels 
creatures and all the saints in praising Christ and bestowing upon him all blessing and honor and glory. We remember especially the family of Gary Turk. Reveal Christ's glory to us and through us in our worship. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In your mercy, O God, respond to these prayers and renew us by your life-giving spirit. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Please take a moment to share a sign of peace with those around you.
Please stand as you are able. Let us pray. Living God, you gather the wolf and the lamb to feed together in your peaceable reign. And you welcome us all at your table. Reach out to us through this meal and show us your wounded and risen body that we may be nourished and believe in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right our duty and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, for the glorious resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ, the true Paschal Lamb who gave himself to take away our sin who in dying has destroyed death and in rising has brought us to eternal life. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with earth and sea and all their creatures and with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim. We praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, you we praise and glorify, you we worship and adore. You formed the earth from chaos, you encircled the globe with air, you created fire for warmth and light, you nourished the lands with water, you molded us in your image and with mercy higher than the mountains, with grace deeper than the seas, you blessed the Israelites and cherished them as your own that also we, estranged and dying, might be adopted to live in your spirit, you called to us through the life and death of Jesus. We remember on the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, it's my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. 
shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Together as the body of Christ, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. With this bread and cup, we remember your Son, the firstborn of your new creation. We remember his life lived for others and his death and resurrection, which renews the face of the earth. We await his coming when, with the world made perfect through your wisdom, all our sins and sorrows will be no more. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Holy God, holy and merciful one, holy and compassionate, send upon this us and this meal, your Holy Spirit, whose breath revives us for life, whose fire rouses us to love. Enfold in your arms all who share this holy food. Nurture in us the fruits of the Spirit, that we may be a living tree, sharing your bounty with all the world. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy and benevolent God, receive our praise and petitions, as Jesus received the cry of the needy. And fill us with your blessing until needy no longer and bound to you in love. We feast forever in the triumph of the Lamb, through whom all glory and honor is yours, O God, O living one, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, now and forever. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, we pray as Jesus taught his friends to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated as we share some instructions for communion. Today you'll go to the side aisles. You'll come forward. At the front of these two side, aisle, two side aisles, there are tables where you can pick up an empty cup. And you'll bring that empty cup to the railing where it'll be filled with wine and where you'll receive bread. If you need grape juice or gluten-free, those are also at these two side tables. Just grab them and bring them to the railing with you. And after you've communed at the railing, you'll return down the center aisle and place your empty cup in the bowl here by the center aisle. To all friends, guests, and visitors, everyone is welcome to commune with us today. This is the Lord's table, not Trinity Lutheran's table, and the invitation comes to you from Christ. Uh, you, of course, do not need to come forward. If, uh, if you would rather stay in the pew, you can do that. Or if you'd like to come forward and not receive communion, you can simply cross your arms over your chest, and I will offer a simple blessing. The risen Christ dwells with us here. All who are hungry, all who are thirsty, come. Mark, this is the body of Christ given for you.
Please stand as you are able. May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen, keep, and unite us now and forever. hunger and thirst are no more. Send us from this table as witnesses to the resurrection that through our lives all may know life in Jesus' name. God, the author of life, Christ, the living cornerstone, and the life-giving spirit of adoption, bless you now and forever. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Go in peace. Tell what God has done.